Welcome everybody to our special bonus session with Brady Dahl. We're going to do an interview with him. Before we do, we'll just quickly go over our disclaimer and let you know that this presentation is for educational purposes only. None of us are brokers, dealers, or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that the risk in trading is substantial and make sure you're aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. We're going to hear some, about some fantastic traders in this story, and you want to make sure you know what you're doing before you enter the market. So Brady Dahl, if for those of you who are not familiar with him, is a trader, and he's also very well known for being a writer uh, for the first four seasons of the FX hit show, The Sons of Anarchy. He's been trading since oh, about 2008. And he tells me he's fascinated with the speed of the industry and the veracity of its players. He currently resides in Minnesota, where he can be found raising a family, writing film and television screenplays, staring at charts, uh, stock charts, or out at the lake. So if you'd like to connect with Brady, uh, his web address is right here, www.bradydoll.com. And the reason we're talking with Brady today is because he wrote a book called Momo Traders. For those of you who do not know what a Momo Trader is, it would be a trader who trades momentum. Now, that's quite a bit different than the trading style that most of us have. A lot of us are trading market neutral strategies, positive theta. These guys are directional traders and looking for momentum, looking for the market to move and taking advantage of that. However, there are a lot of parallels between what makes a good momentum trader and what makes a good options neutral trader. So I decided to read the book. The first thing I noticed is that there was a foreword in there from my friend Steenberger, who is the author of The Daily Trading Coach and many other trading psychology books. And I've talked with Brett in the past about trading psychology and well, we've had a lot of nice discussions on that and I really, really like his judgment. So I read the foreword in the book and he's nothing but good things to say about the book and I went ahead and read the book. It's a fantastic book that's kind of a format like the Turtle Trader, uh, I'm sorry, not the Market Wizard books and where the author uh, does interviews of top traders and in the book, Brady interviews 10 top momentum traders. And when you go through and you see the responses from the traders, it's really quite amazing on uh, how different they are, yet how much the same they are. There's certain characteristics within the book that all these traders have that are common to uh, all successful traders that I've ever seen, including successful market neutral traders. And as long as you, you see that as long as you're getting these core uh, concepts right, then the other stuff is just mainly part of their trading style. And they, you know, they tweak their things to make things their own. So another great thing about this book is there's a organization called Traders for a Cause. It's a don't, it, charity organization and a lot of the proceeds from the book goes go to that charity and it's a charity I believe that's headed by Nathan Michaud which is one of the traders in the book 
so not only are you supporting uh, Brady for writing such a great book, but you're also re uh, supporting uh, Traders for a Cause a charity, which is an excellent, excellent reason to buy the book. And of course, you're educating yourself uh, in doing so. So we did this interview on Wednesday night, the 13th of January, and as with the 13th of the month, we had a little bit of bad luck. We had uh, the recording, the beginning of the recording actually got uh, damaged. So that was our bad luck. Our good luck is we had a fantastic conversation and we got a majority of it. So uh, this, essentially we lost the first 15 minutes of the presentation where Brady and I were talking about himself, and it's a great story that he has, and unfortunately, uh, we missed that. But what we did get is the meat of the conversation, where we get in there, we talk about the traders and what makes them successful, and some quotes in the book. The first trader that we looked at was called the Storyteller. And as the, as, uh, the part of the interview that we're going to be coming into, we had just started talking about the book, and we we're talking about the, this first of the 10 traders. And we're looking at some of the quotes that he had. And I, you know, I picked out some of my favorite ones. I finally gave up on the holy grail system and began to trust myself as a trader. Uh, I thought that was such a powerful statement because a lot of people, they go around jumping from system to system or they tweak their own system, trying to make it the holy grail, something that wins all the time no matter what. And the reality is that that is just a fictional character. It's just a unicorn. And when he finally gave up trying to invent the perfect system and just began to trust himself as a trader, he became much more profitable and started being very, very successful in trading. And I think that's so true for all traders, not just um, not just directional traders, but market neutral traders as well. And another important point that Greg made and a lot of the other traders made as well, and you'll see this common theme throughout a lot of the traders, and if you actually read the book, you'll see it's a common theme in every trader, is thinking of their, when we talk about profit and loss. And in this case, Greg, thinking of his, um, his money as profit and loss is poker chips. And the more you stop thinking of uh, it is money the better. One of the common problems we have as traders is we're sitting there focusing on our profit and loss instead of focusing on the trade and it causes us, uh, contributes to poor decisions. And rather than being so focused on your profit and loss, thinking of it as poker chips and thinking of it as a game or a sport is very, very helpful as far as your trading psychology goes, and and you end up trading a whole lot better. And then the last quote from Greg is, I think it's important not to judge the success of an individual trade on profit and loss, but on whether or not I traded it properly. It is still possible to trade something well and lose money. And I think that is one of the truest and most important things in trading that a lot of new people have trouble with. And that is judging their trade on whether they won the trade or lost the trade. The reality is, and you'll see this again commonly throughout this book, that expert top-level traders judge their trade on how well they followed the system, not whether or not they lost money. And those are all very powerful, powerful lessons. So this brings us to the point where our recording actually started working, and we have a nice recording of the rest of the interview. So without further ado, we're going to 
patch you in to the interview and enjoy the next 40 minutes. Predestined, you know, to be. So he doesn't have any emotional reaction to it. It also helps you keep your emotions in check if you can do that. So you can trade well all day long and take five stop losses, but you still did your job that day. You kind of have to imagine it like if you have a system or, or certain setups that you're supposed to take the trade, um, it's like a boss telling you to do it. If you can kind of take yourself out of the situation and your boss told you to hit the buy button when it does this and hit the sell button when it does this, it's much more unemotional, if that's a word. <laughs> it's less emotional. And I find that's one of the biggest problems with beginning traders is that everything is so emotional and you get very angry and that's when your losses get out of control, but they're not, they're, they're forgetting that they need those losses. Losses are part of the program. Right, right. And, and, and I think psychologically, until you, until you accept that, it's going to be hard to make it as a trader. Right. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if you have any, any other comments on Greg's, but I just think that was a fantastic interview. Yeah, I would just I would agree with you, and not on not nothing to do with me. It was just I th I think you, you if you don't get anything out of out of his uh, chapter in the book, I think you're you're missing the point. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're so I believe I believe that to be true. Let's see, we had another guy here. I call him the Gambler, Eric Wood. What do you think? How do you what do you think of Eric? I know Eric at least a little bit through social media. I've met all of these guys now since the book came out, but um, I like him a lot. You know why? Because he's, he's super positive, and he's one of the guys that you were talking about who kind of came on strong within a few years, and now he's just this very proficient trader. I mean, he trades very large for how, how um, I guess you could say, new he is to it, and he's an older gentleman. He's not like a 20-year-old who just just started out like a lot of traders are. But the reason I call him the gambler is because he has a large gamble in him, and he kind of admits that we talk about that, and I, I kind of do too. And that can be such a negative thing in trading. You really don't want to gamble at all. But he kind of uses it to his, to his advantage, and, and it's more, more of his positivity. You know, it's not that he wants to take a gamble. It's that he's, he's almost like yeah. uh, willing to get into a trade because he thinks he's going to be right, you know. Right. I mean, I think if, if I remember this was later in, Towards the end of his interview, he he said, "Well, I can't." It was I don't know sure if it was Eric or not, but it, but basically said, "Well, you know, it sounds like I'm a gambler, but I'm really not. I'm, uh, right. I'm very disciplined with my money." Yeah, and I can't remember if that was yeah. him or Tom, but it was one of those two. Yeah, yeah, it was one of these two. I don't remember exactly who it is. But imagining all the bad things that could happen to you is an illusion. Reality is sitting right in front of you, making the trades like you normally would. So, you know, it's kind of like in respect to, you know, I think staring at your P&L and, and starting to make up all these stories of how bad things are going to get, or, you know, trying yep. to predict this and trying to predict that. You know, you have to, you have to avoid that. And um, I think just look at what's sitting in front of you. Does that sound yeah. kind of right? Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of, he, he's more of a guy who a lot of these guys don't even hold things over. I mean, they mostly, most of these guys do hold a few things over, but most of their trades are intraday. But Eric tends to hold things over a few days, and I think he's kind of talking about also like when, when news comes out after hours or you don't know what's going to happen because you might be short a stock that's very volatile. Um, you know, you can imagine all night long and stay up all night and have nightmares about it if you let your imagination go wild, but just right. you don't need to do that, you know. 
Well, it's funny because if you talk to a day trader, he thinks we're crazy for holding positions overnight, and we think they're crazy right. for the money in the positions that they do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, it's just perspective, I guess. It is. It's just how you frame stuff. Uh, the youngster, Derek Leon. Um, do you watch your profit and losses during the day? The more I focus on it, the worse my trading gets. Another profit and loss statement, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. And of course, he talks about lack of confidence. And, and you're, perhaps one of the downfalls of a beginning trader is uh, lack of confidence, the inability to take losses. Some traders don't want to be wrong, and they let ego get in the way, but they are going to eat shit doing that. You humble yourself before the market humbles you. So yep. uh, what do you think of that statement? Well, I think he's, when he talks, talks about um, beginning traders having a lack of confidence, I think he's referring to, we were talking about, um, you know, taking a trade. Because there, there are so many times where a good, a, a good trade will set up, and a beginning trader or someone who doesn't have that confidence because they don't have their system down yet, they don't know when or what they should be looking for, it's that lack of confidence that they might get into a trade too late, and now you've set yourself up for failure right from the beginning because you, your entry is is wrong. You know you're already behind the eight ball. So he was kind of talking about getting into trades with a lack of confidence, and then their inability to take a loss, which is it's got to be if it's not number one, it's got to be number two. You know, in knocking traders out of the game as far as they just can't take a loss. It's something about that seeing that happen. Something about it freezes people up, and they just can't push the sell button. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's the same respect with us. People won't get in a trade because they maybe they lost a trade before or or whatever. Yep. They, they just they uh, they won't enter the trade. They're just so afraid to take the loss, and um, you know, it's definitely problematic for any kind of trader for sure. Yeah, I mean, the more systematic you can get, and and we I've asked every one of these traders also about being robotic and should you be a robot when it comes to trading? And most of them kind of t tend to agree that the more like a robot you can become, as long as your system has proven itself, then that, then the better, because humans are what gets in the way of making profits. Uh, sometimes, I, I think I, I was also um, reading some in there that, you know, a lot of them, yes, they have they have their system, they have their methodology, and they're very strict to that. But their methodology actually includes uh, some sort of an intuition. Oh, sure, yeah, especially, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm I shouldn't speak in always and nevers, you know, in certainties, but yeah, they, these guys are all successful traders too. So I, I think the more successful you get, the easier it is to use that intuition. You know, like if you're just starting out, at least in my personal it, experience, right? In my experience. I shouldn't have been using any intuition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know, and I know some traders who shouldn't be using their intuition as well. Uh, but I think that's kind of part of your journey in learning how to trade. You know, some people are going to use intuition and do a whole lot better, and other people are going to use it and do a whole lot worse. And I think if you find every time you use intuition, you get hammered, then maybe you should maybe think about right. trading more, <laughs> using it a little less. <laughs> Right. Yeah, you'll, it'll never be one, you know, one certain answer to any. Everyone's different, but I think you give yourself a, the best shot if you can, if you can at least find things that work for you, and then try to uh, try to utilize them. You know what I mean? Try to look for that trade that is going to work on your side. 
right with with the way that you think because I think uh, you know another thing that I noticed doing this is they do a lot of things different. Mm -hmm. so each trader does a lot. In other words, they don't all trade the same way. They have a, they have different frames. Right. They sometimes hit in different directions. They have you know they take a, a, they're they're very different in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And um, you know that that but but they're also very similar in a certain in certain ways. They're similar in the important ways of you know trying to keep your mindset straight and you know making mm -hmm. sure you're taking you know taking your stuffs, making sure you're entering your trades, you're following your system. They're very similar with that, but their systems themselves are very different. Right, and that's what I think you gain by reading about traders. Anything you can read about successful traders is going to benefit you because you, you see what all 10 of these guys are all doing. I mean, you'd think, wow, if 10 of these guys are doing it, maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should think about that. Yeah, yeah, right. I, exactly. I agree with that. And let's see, we have the scanner. And I don't even, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Oh, Phil Godeker. <laughs> Godeker, awesome. Okay. Um, well, just how many years did it take you to make trading your primary source of income? I see a lot of people who come into the trading business and expect, expect to buy a program or something and be profitable on day one. Yeah, totally wrong. <laughs> Do you see that as well? <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone kind of, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a certain allure to trading where it does attract, you know, I think it, it, to a certain degree all of us got into it at least partly for the money, you know, it's like, it's, it's a way like, oh man, I think I can make money doing this and I I think the easy money is the first draw, it was for me, I remember, it just it just seemed easy listening to these guys say they made 50%, 100% and, and, then, you, and then you go about and take your knocks and learn. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. They took fifty percent after losing a hundred, uh, right. something like that. Right. Yeah. So that does happen. And then trading is a mental game. Once it gets in your head, you're screwed. I, I just love that comment. Yeah, I believe it. There's been times where I've lost my mental um, game. I guess you could call it. I, where I just it wasn't there for me. So I it shouldn't have been even been trading. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it's it's good to realize uh, if you lose that, you know, that when you lose your mental game, maybe it's a good time to maybe take a rest, take a break. Mm -hmm. And these guys kind of talk about that. I asked them what they, I asked all of them, you know, what they do when they're on a losing streak and how do they beat a, um, a drawdown. And most of them, you know, basically re reference that taking a break. You got to get away, even if you don't want to, because you come back to it and you're you're fresh and it's it's a it's you're no longer you know, feeling that weight on your shoulders. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. I, I can. I can understand that. That sounds like a great uh, piece of advice. Stick with what you know and you, you and what you're good at. Be happy with it. There seems to be this thought amongst traders that you always need to learn something different. Now, what's the context of that? Uh, I talked to this a couple different traders who kind of touched on this where. Everyone, it seems to be needing to learn something new. As far as, I'll give an example. There's been a lot of traders that did trade the over-the-counter market and the penny stock market where they were trading, comp you know, these pump and dumps where a company might be five cents, trading for five cents and go to 30 cents. And that was a big market for beginning traders for a while. And then it kind of, people were like, no, I'm not happy enough with that. I need to learn this new game. I need to start trading Apple. I need to trade Priceline. And they just got away with, you know, they, they're, they're trying to almost, uh, it's, it's kind of a fine line because, yes, you want a lot of tools in your basket, but he, I, I think he was 
this is this is referring Phil was referring to when he tried to trade ETFs, exchange traded funds, and he thought he was going to be the next great ETF trader, and he ended up losing his butt for I think a year. It took him a year to finally figure out that he was never going to be able to trade these ETFs. They don't operate the same way as the trades he was making before, and he got his ass kicked. And then he comes back, and he he just stopped trading them altogether, and then he became super successful again doing what he already knew. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. And I think a lot of successful traders, they, they kind of, I mean, people ask me why I only trade the Russell, you know. And right. Because a lot of the successful people I know, they only trade IBM, they only trade Apple, they only do penny stocks or whatever. Um, and um, and I think that's an important thing. Another thing you say is pump and dump. What fascinated me, and, and I mean, I kind of knew it went on, but the manipulation that went on in the in the, in the, in the mall. even happens at a higher level. It's not. I think some oh, yeah. of these traders actually influence the market, but uh, definitely the, 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 the way that they explain the manipulation of the market. It's just that is worth reading the book for. Yeah, I mean, I was I was glued to my my you know leaning forward in my chair when I was interviewing some of these guys because their stories are so rich, you know. And it's that whole pump and dump thing. To me, I you know I've been trading for almost whatever eight years, and it. I, I, in the over-the-counter market, I really saw the pump and dumps, and I was I became so jaded with that market. And then when I moved to trading, you know, listed stocks and, and real stocks, I guess you could say, I, you know, I found the same thing. I mean, it's not the, it's not the same degree. It's not like third parties getting paid to promote, but it's such a pump and dump. You know, there's so many instances of it, and you see it every day from the analysts to the to the to the brokerages to every everyone's, you know, trying to push the market whatever way they need it pushed and. Let's not forget why these companies go public to begin with. You know, they're profitable uh, private companies, and they go public so they can raise money and sell their shares. You know, right? Yeah, exactly. And, I just, and you know, of course, you know, I think most of the market makers know where all the and the big banks and stuff. They know where people put their stops. I think they just oh yeah, they just they just run them and they hit you the other way. Yeah, and you see so much manipulation. If you read, I think maybe you're going to hit on it here, but Bao's chapter. Um, he talks about, you know, his big trade in Fannie Mae and stuff, and that manipulation is, it's so, most people in this world do not know that that goes on every single day, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, and that was very enlightening for me. Like I said, I think we kind of, we hear about it, we kind of know what goes on, but we just don't, you don't get it until you kind of read something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is really, really interesting. Uh, another name I'm not willing to uh, talk about, but <laughs> <laughs> it's Bao Nguyen. Bao Nguyen, awesome. Yep. Okay, great. And he's another thing. Um, don't let your P&L influence your trading decisions. Um, and you know, I think that we don't need to talk about that necessarily. But uh, you know, of course you're going to look, but don't let it influence your decisions. And mm -hmm. I think the problem with traders is that they may be, not be financially secure yet, and going bigger brings fears of losing bigger. You can't play scared because you won't correctly play the cards you've been dealt. Like poker, you're, if you're too nervous, you'll be folding your wing hand when, you're off it, when your opponent is bluffing. If you're not comfortable with the size of your playing, you're not going to make the right calls. Powerful. Yeah. And I think that's happened to me personally too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I coach a lot of clients, and it happens to them. You know, you see somebody, even though it's a small amount of money, if, if they're 
if they're freaking out because of the because of the losers, they're just playing trading too large. Yep. It could, and it's different to everyone. Like you say, you know, the guy starting out might see a few hundred dollar loss, and that could throw his throw him into a tailspin. You know, and that if that's if that's the case, you got to go smaller. And, and I've, there's times where I've stepped my trading down to sizes where I'd be embarrassed to even admit what the, how small they are. You know, because, but I had to. It, it, it was it was a necessary um, necessary for me to pull back and trade small and and get your game right, and then then come back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just such an important lesson. I just, uh, like I said, some of the lessons in this book, which you know, we, you know, we again, we uh, we advocate those type of lessons. But the way that they worded it really brought brought it out and, um, mm -hmm. and made you realize things. So I thought that was a that was a very good quote, and uh, again, very good for uh, traders. Of course, we have this guy, John uh, John Welsh. Uh, again. He tries not to look at P&L, and if you if you're staring at losses daily, you'll try to recover them quickly, and it clouds your mind. Um, and this other one here, I always enter a trade thinking I'm going to lose. I want to know where my stop is. I never think about how much I might make. I think that's an interesting statement. Yeah, when I when he said that, I wrote that was one of the ones I wrote down for a quote for him because um, it's just an interesting way to think about it, and and that might work for some people and maybe people should consider doing that because it's basically just you know it's basically just saying there's my stop and and that's what I'm going to lose and and then you know right off the bat like oh yeah I'm going to lose say your stop is you know going to lose you 200 bucks well I'm going to lose 200 dollars if I if if everything goes wrong and then everything you know if it goes the other way then it's just gravy it's kind of a maybe it's a way to uh, calm the emotional side i i think it is and when I have a lot of students that I have, sometimes what I'll tell them is I'll say, you know what? If you if you put a trade on and your loss on the trade is five thousand dollars, take that five thousand dollars out of your account, you subtract it from your account because that's what your trade's going to look like if it fails. You need to be okay with that. Yeah. You need to be okay with that. I think that's what this guy says. I think that's what John's saying here. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 nice. Nice wording there, and um, yeah, we're, we're getting late, so we'll kind of push through there. Uh, Tim Gritani? Gritani, yep. Gritani. Oh, all right, awesome. Um, he's also come on super, super quickly. I mean, he's made from starting out from literally, if you read, he started out, read his chapter, he started out trading, and he was taking like $100. That was, that was like game changing for him, a hundred dollar loss. Like it was he started out that small and now he's made well over a million. I think he's at almost two million or something. I can't remember in profits. Yeah, wow. Uh, that's awesome. Two million. Right. And it just is it's just things um I, I I don't really think about that or, or his positions when I enter. I I'm, rather I'm thinking about risk. Uh how much money will I lose? I will lose if the trade goes against me, which is, is kinda like John's statement. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the new traders often don't realize that following someone else's picks is absolutely worthless and that you can't make consistent money that way. I think yep. that's something to do with following, uh, following maybe like trade alerts or something. Yeah, different alerts. We were talking about how social media, you know, because social media has become such a presence in trading, at least in, in my world, and um, Twitter and stuff like that where people send out picks. Right. I think that was common among a lot of the other traders as well, is they're basically saying, yeah, I mean, um, 
there's a lot of trading services and stuff out there, but it's not going to make you a good trader. Right, and they basically said, as far as day trading going, it's a little different because as a day trader, you want to find stocks that you can trade every day, and that's kind of what they they say. Social media is good for that. If someone's saying buy this, buy this, you don't follow that, but you see the stock that they're mentioning, and you might bring it up on your charts and kind of watch it. And if it's something that you would normally trade and it fits your criteria, then go ahead and trade it. Right. I think in that context, it would be fantastic. It would be fantastic. Yeah. But. Um in the context of just of just trying to follow somebody uh, step by step, I think it gets kind of uh, right. challenging. It's, it's that way in our trading as well. I think uh, that's a, a good thing to avoid if you're trying to be a good trader. That's yep. Awesome. So then we is Tim O'Reilly. Is he the last one? Tom O'Reilly. Nope. Couple, couple more. Oh, okay. All right. So you can't again. We you can't blindly follow someone. You can see what they're trading, but you but then you need to research it and understand the trade. Also, keep smaller size until you're making money consistently and build up your confidence. So, uh, I think yeah. that's a good statement as well. Do uh, you have any um, any comments? No, I mean, it kind of just, no, not really a lot, though I really like his story, and I've met him personally, too, and um, he just, he has a very, he had a couple of interesting stories about how he traded with, you know, he started, he traded in one of the bucket shops, you know, he was a broker way back in the day in one of the bucket shops that uh, Jordan Belfort was, the Wolf of Wall Street. He was there right before him, and just kind of his oh, wow. his his circuitous. How do you say that word? Circuitous, circuitous. <laughs> Anyways, route <laughs> circuitous route to trading. Yeah, I don't know. I'm using a word I don't I don't know. We're that. traders, not English majors. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I am, and I can't even pronounce it. So. <laughs> oh, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> Right, so he was in those shops, and, and yeah, that must have been an interesting story as well. I mean, those guys were really manipulators too, weren't they? Yeah, and he hated it. He he said he never made a guy, he never made any of his clients a dime, and he and he knew it. You know, he just couldn't, he couldn't make anyone any money, so he tried to get out of that as soon as possible. You know, and he he's found his way into trading eventually. Yeah, yeah, that that must be tough to go into a a, a job where you're kind of decide, deceiving people. And I mean, I mean, I, we all get into those situations. Yeah. I think sometimes in our lives where we're doing stuff that we, at some point, we say, "I really don't like this." And, and yep, and he don't. Stuff. I don't think he ever. I don't think most of those guys go into it either. It was. I think he talked about he wanted to get his license or his his. Uh, I think it's a series, whatever it is, and he wanted to yeah. get that. And and this is the shop that said he could get it. And you know, it's kind of like. You don't go into it thinking, "Well, I can't wait to rip off mom and pop." You know, it's not like that. Right, right. Next thing you know, though, you just you say, "Hey, right. <laughs> you're just doing something you don't want to do." Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that, uh, that must have been challenging for him. He sounds like a good trader. Good trader. Good guy, though. Yeah, he made. He's wildly successful, and he's got the most confidence in the book as far as, um, you know, he's just like a, his, his. He's steadfast. You know, that's what I said. But he's. He just uh, when he's in a trade, he's usually short. He's he says uh, I'm going to be right, <laughs> and he's willing to uh, put his money where his mouth is. Oh right, and he, right. He's the one who just like he kind of lets the stuff go and go and go against them. Like, yeah, and he he says I don't want. And I, yeah, and I t asked him. I said, well, look, I don't want people reading this book thinking that you just add 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 to a short forever as it goes against you. And he's like, no, it's not that I don't have discipline. I have tons of discipline. He says the discipline comes in. His 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 um, risk management is is in the trades that he picks and that he trades because he he only basically shorts companies that are complete junk. You know he does all the research and finds out how 
horrible this company is and why it's up on, on BS news or BS this or that. And so he's so confident in how junky they are that he's willing to basically risk as it goes against him because he's saying, actually, you know, if I love something short at $6, I love it even more if it's $10. <laughs> so why wouldn't you add? Right, right. So why wouldn't you add, right? You know, but at some point, at some point, he does have a discipline to get out. And I think that's, uh, what do you call that, an oh shit number, right? Yeah, I think that was the next guy, um, the guy that I co-founded. He, he made up this oh shit handle number. You can go to that side. Yeah, Nathan. Oh, there he is. Yeah, Misha. right, right. Yeah, Nathan Misha, right. And he's also the, um, isn't he also Co-creator. Um, Co-creator, right, of the book and yep. of um, uh, Traders for a Cause. Yep, and Trader Shrikazi founded that, the the, pro, the charity that um, all of his profits for the book go straight to that charity. Okay, yeah, nice, nice. 90% of the reason... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just, just, I just like to always shout out when people actually live in New Hampshire. So I think, Nathan, doesn't he live in New Hampshire too? Yeah. Yep. He's a great guy. I mean, I've known him for years now. We became friends um, right, kind of right when I started years ago. And he really just got, he's so successful... He just he's like, how can I give back? And and they founded a charity for traders and traders. You know, people who traders who are doing well generally have, you know, a decent amount of money to um to give back. And and they've raised a lot of money in the last few years. All right. So we'll give that web address too when we um when we uh, you know finish up here. Yeah. So we can do that. That'd be great. But um, yeah. So he says, yeah. The reason ninety percent of traders fail is because they don't have that oh shit number. Uh, yeah, you see that a lot. We see people who trade and trade, and then you know they'll hold trades or they'll stay in a trade, and a lot of times they'll get lucky, and it will come back. But boy, mm -hmm. that one time it doesn't. You're done. Yep, you're done. You can wipe yourself right off the map with one trade that you don't get out of. Yeah, I think it's very important. You know, whatever that number is, to have that number, and then make sure that you, you, you do the exercise of pulling that amount of money out of your account, making sure you're okay with that. If you're not, you better lower that number. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And uh, okay, another another P and L. If you're a person yep. who lets P and L impact your every move, then absolutely don't watch it. Um, and again, trade well, profit follow, which uh, which to me means follow your plan. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't have a plan, you don't have a trade. Right. And I think we spoke wrong, we spoke to that. Yeah. Yeah. We spoke to that. And if you're wrong, be wrong. So I think those are all great quotes. And yeah, I don't know if you have any comments on them. Please feel free. Yeah, just if you're wrong, be wrong. You know, I mean, that's a. it sounds so easy and sounds so simple, but it's one of the hardest things to do. It, it really is, and it still is for me. I still struggle with that as a trader. It's like if you don't want to be wrong, you want to be right going into a trade, but the, actually the best traders, sure, they want to be right, but they if, they, if it goes against them, they just get out because here's the rationale. Why stay in something? that is not going the way I thought it would and it doesn't fit my trade plan anymore. Why do you have to ride something down, even if you're going to be right, in quotation marks, later as it comes back up and you might be right? Why did you have to ride it all the way down? Why did you have to take the roller coaster? You know, in fact, you can get out and if it comes back up and sets up again in the way that you like, you can get right back in. I mean, right. trading yeah, fees are so, so minuscule nowadays, you can get in and out a thousand times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. If you're wrong, then then, then let it be. You don't. don't <laughs> the market's going to do what it wants to do, no matter what you think. So. Yep. It doesn't care about you. Doesn't give a damn. 
Uh, all right, nice, nice. If you don't have a plan, you have a trade. That's another thing too is having a trade plan. People, you know, they jump in the market. They just hope hope something works out. Yeah, that's a bad one. Not a good thing. Not yeah. a good thing at all. All right, and then of course we had you did have a swing trader in here, someone who actually helped positions overnight. So I was kind of excited about that. Yeah, she 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 actually swings for weeks to months. But I mean, most of those other guys, they'll they'll hold something for the, at the longest, maybe a week, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, I actually like swing trading. I don't, I don't teach a whole lot of swing trading anymore, but um, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's actually a really fun way to trade. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, it, it, took a three, three, about, it took her about three years to figure out how to stop making a ton of mistakes. I, it, I haven't figured that one out yet, so she's doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I realized how to be uh, to be successful. I really need to focus on what works for me, right? Again, uh, someone talking about you know maybe putting themselves to um, um, you know, trading their own methodology. Exactly. Uh, she actually tried to trade how other people trade more and more day trading, and, and it just didn't work out for her. So she went right back to what she knows, and it works. That's awesome. That's awesome. Again, with the with the uh, with the uh, someone else's alerts. One of my one of the biggest mistakes I see now is people not trading their own plan. They're simply blindly following someone else's alerts. That is, I mean, I, I guess that's something like that's okay if you're just kind of hacking around with trading and goofing around. But I think if you if you actually want to go out on your own and be a full time trader and depend on the money, that's just kind of foolish. Right. Yeah. Um, People assume it's easy, but it's not. It can be a huge struggle and very stressful. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, it does look easy from the outside when you first get started. And I think, you know, that's if I had known how hard and struggle, how how much of a struggle it was, I probably would have never tried it. <laughs> but so there's a certain aspect that I'm glad that it it appears easy, so I could actually get involved in it. But yeah, once you get into it, it's just like anything else. You want to be a great doctor, it's going to take a lot of work. You want to be a great writer, it's going to take a lot of work. You want to be a great trader, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, and I try to, I think I've turned off more customers who come to me because they come in and you can tell that you're just, they're completely, their eyes are glazed over with the, yeah. with the, you know, they're going to make, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm just going to make all this money. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to buy this thing. And I'm just like, hey, listen, this is how it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they go away. But probably somebody else probably sold them who doesn't really care about them, but. Right, they're looking for that uh, that quick fix, which is not it doesn't exist. Right, right. And I try to make sure I try to make sure we, we convey that, and and I think you know the traders in this book obviously, you know they're very very successful. But you but like you said, most of them blew up uh, at least yeah. once. Yep. And it took years to get profitable. Yep. And that's really what I learned. You know, they're. Um, they're determined. They were determined, and and really, what helps them succeed is how disciplined they are. You know, I, I I can't stress that enough to anyone who's listening, who's a newer trader too, is just that, you know, everyone says it. It's so easy to to say, take your losses. You nope, know, you got to take your losses. But it's it's easy to say, and it's very hard to to follow through on because it's just another battle trying to hit sell when you're down and you don't want to take that loss because once you take it, now it's official. You know, it doesn't feel like you've really lost that money until you hit the sell button. But if you do that, if you can do that over and over again, there are some some traders I know who actually lose more than 50% of the time, but their losses are so small and their wins are so big, because they are able to take that quick loss, 
that they're still successful. Right, and that's the other side of the equation, though, is letting your winners happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we, we see a lot of that. You know, people get up to $2, and they're out. You know, it's just like they, they get up the smallest amount. Oh, I'm up money, and they exit the trade. And, and, and you got to say, you know, what's going what's to happen when you start taking these losses? You, you're not going to be able to. Yeah. You can't pay for them. You can't pay for them, right? You can't pay for your losses. Right. Winners have to pay for your losses and then and and more, so you can feed your family. But I think that's it comes down to the discipline of the trade plan, and maybe like we've been talking about, not looking at your P and L. You know, you won't if you're not looking at your profit and loss and see that you're up a couple hundred dollars, then you don't care. You know, just look at the chart or whatever you're using, and trust in your trade. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Trust in your trade and uh, and let it happen. I, I can't. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. Awesome. So I believe that is everybody. So I'm not sure what else to ask you here. Uh, how was the experience writing the book, and, and what are your plans? It was really interesting. You know, I really got into this book. I really just wanted to sit down with as many great traders that I could on a personal level. I wish I could sit there at their computer with them and, and, and pick their brain, and, that, and this was the next best thing I could get. So... For me, it was a huge success because I just wanted to learn more from these guys, um, period, whether or not the book happened or not. And, and it just happened because Nate and I have been talking for years. I actually wanted to do a book with him about kind of his, the way he trades and his strategy. And he was actually the one who said, well, we should do a book about all these great guys. Because he's like, my way is not the be-all and end-all of everything. It's, you know, he, he loves his way, but it's not the end of the road. So that's, that's how it came fantastic. about. So. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very realize that, that, yeah, that, he has, that other people have good systems too. That's awesome. Right. So, so with the book, I just want to mention a couple of things. He has a foreword from Brett Steinberger, and I think a lot of you know who he is. He wrote, wrote the Daily Trading Coach, and oh gosh, I don't great know how book. many other trading psychology books, right? Yeah, a great book. Right, and uh, yeah, and that's a great book also. And he, and Brett talks about the the psych. The psychology, trading psychology lessons within the book, and I agree with them. They're they're they're, they're fantastic. Um, uh, it's very good. Also, a lot of these proceeds go to uh, to what Traders for a Cause, and what does Traders for a Cause do? It's basically well, it's TradersforACause.org with a with a four like the number four in there. TradersforACause.org, but it's an organization that supports like and it it basically promotes charitable work and giving among members of the stock market community. I mean, that's, it's basically knowing that trade, successful traders have some extra dough around and um, let's put it to good use. Oh, so they actually pick up great, I mean, this year was GiveWell, and they gave a bunch of money to GiveWell, um, a ton of money to BCRF, which is the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, which is a great organization. Um, you can read all about them on their, their site. And I think, I forget what we raised this year at the, I think they raised 100 and Seventy-five thousand dollars or something for these charities. Wow. So that's 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 fantastic. Yeah. So you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I highly recommend this book for you, know, even for market neutral traders. There's you know, there's a, a ton of great lessons in here. You you're giving to you know you're donating to charity at the same time, and um, you know, and Brady's obviously a great guy. He's come on here and talk to us, and uh, and I highly re recommend it. So great job, Brady. That's an awesome book. Thank you, John. Thank you. Can I ask one and, last uh, thing? Can I, yeah, sure. I just wanted to ask, what Brady, what is your best trader tip? What would 
Let's if there was see. one thing. What do you think? Honestly, I have to stick. I have to stick with what we were talking about, because most traders fail because they don't take their losses. And I know it's it seems so simple, but it really comes down. To, it's more than that. You know, the t the tip would be to you got to develop a plan, and it doesn't have to be some system. It doesn't have to be something that you just plug in. It's but you have to have you have to be looking for the things that set up for you, the trades that you're going to take, and then you need to know when you're going to enter them and why and when you're going to get out. And this is one of the most difficult parts about trading, and maybe that's the most tedious even. It sounds like a drag, right? But you have to do it because if you don't have that and you're just flying by the seat of your pants, you're never going to be successful. You have to have that down like all these guys in the book do, and then they don't hesitate. They have the discipline to get in when it sets up. They don't hesitate about that, and they definitely don't hesitate about taking their loss when it goes against them, and they move on to the next thing. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. That that is so that is so powerful, and uh, you know I agree with you 100%. And when I talk to traders, I I say the most important part of your trading plan is when you're going to get out of your trade. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, on both right. sides, exit or you know loss or profit. Exactly on both sides, and you know you need to make sure that your 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 um, risk reward ratio makes sense, and you need to make sure your loss number makes sense. If that's the one thing that you can do, if you don't have any other part of a plan, make sure you have at least that, because uh, that's the most important thing that's going to keep you out of trouble, I think. Definitely. Nice. Nice. I, I, I'm so glad you got a chance to talk to us, and um, you know, really appreciate it. And you know, keep us up to date with anything else that you end up coming out with, because we'd love to hear from it, because like I said, this is awesome, and, and hopefully everybody listening uh, picks up a copy of the book. It's definitely uh, definitely worth the time and the read. A lot of good stuff in there. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're welcome, and uh, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you.